Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, They are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Rene Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Rene's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. We have a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird The Golden State Killer case put DNA and genetics in the spotlight not too long ago. This very new idea that, with companies like GED Match and the DNA Doe Project, we can find the identities of both killer and victim through a family tree of genetics. But before there was the Golden State Killer case, there was the case of the Sheet Flats Jane Doe, whose body was found on June 17, 1982. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On July 17, 1982, hikers in Cheap Flats, a popular hiking spot in Washoe County, Nevada, were shocked to find the body of a young woman who had a pair of men's underwear covering the back of her head. Underneath the clothing was a bullet hole. The woman, whom they were suspecting was between 25 and 35 years old, was shot in the back of the head as she was bent over, possibly to tie her shoe. She had been sexually assaulted, covered with the killer's underwear, and left behind. She was wearing light yellow tennis shoes, a sleeveless blue shirt, blue bathing suit underneath, and Lee brand jeans with her bikini bottoms in the pocket. It was clear that this woman, soon to be dubbed Sheep Flats Jane Doe, was ready for a day at the lake. 
The t-shirt she wore was only sold on the West Coast, meaning there was a good chance she was either visiting Nevada or had just moved from the Western states before her murder. She had hazel eyes, was about five foot five, and wore her brown hair tied in a bun. An autopsy showed a vaccination scar, one similar to those found in European residents, as well as a C-section scar proving that at some point she gave birth. And that was the end of what they knew. Sheep Flats Jane Doe was never claimed and eventually buried in a nameless grave in the state to which she lost her life. No one ever came looking for her. Her case went cold and her identity remained a mystery for 37 years. It would take a forward-thinking forensic investigator and a lecture on forensic genealogy to breathe life back into the case in February of 2018. The investigator thought maybe this new technology could help solve this case, so he contacted the DNA Doe Project and the Identifinders International for assistance. And by July of that same year, using the database GED Match, they had a tentative match that was, by September, confirmed. With her identity known, the homicide investigation reignited. Though they kept it under wraps while searching for her killer, Sheep Flats Jane Doe was identified as 33-year-old Mary Edith Silvani from Pontiac, Michigan. They now knew who she was, and they were determined to find who killed her. They went back to the DNA and found that it matched a man who was the grandson of a couple in Texas. A couple who had a son out of wedlock and raised him under a different name. A man named James Richard Curry. Police tracked down James's two children and asked if they would provide DNA samples. They agreed and a match was made. James Richard Curry was their killer. James was a serial killer who spent time in prison in Texas and ended up in California. He was suspected of killing a husband and wife who owned a rival storage unit and, when he was caught, told police about a body he had stored in one of the units. Unfortunately, while waiting for his murder trial in 1983, James took his own life, meaning he could never be brought to trial for Mary's murder. It also meant any chance for more information on the days and minutes leading up to her death were gone. Whether or not they knew each other, or if Mary was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time, will remain a mystery. But the triumph of their identification should not be forgotten. Genetic genealogy helped to identify both killer and victim, making this the first case in which both identities were determined. Thanks to the hard work of those in the genealogy and DNA fields, as well as a progressive forensic investigator, this case finally came to an end. On May 7, 2019, Mary Edith Silvani's identity was announced to the public, and with this announcement, her case was officially considered closed. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on July 18th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.